By the way, I also want to say I'm very thankful. I'm going to say this as the, as the son of the founders. I'm very thankful for um, the leadership that God raised up to lead both schools. Um, the presidents and the staff, the faculty, those that served under them. Just very grateful for what came afterwards. And uh, I want to express that on behalf of my dad as well as my mom. Uh, for those that have served for many years, it's not easy to run the school or to fill those shoes. Um, what if writing a book is not just a way to transform the lives of many people, but also a way to create financial freedom and leave a legacy? Wouldn't you want to find out just how to do that? Well, that's what this show is all about. Hi, I'm Henneke Wodkiss, sporter, speaker, coach, author of Podcasts Power, and the host of the Entrepreneurial You podcast, inviting you to listen to the Entrepreneur Secrets podcast, brought to you by C. Ruth Taylor, best-selling in the author and the Caribbean's most trusted voice on entrepreneurship. Tune in for inspiration, information, and innovation to write and win with books. Get ready to dominate entrepreneurship. Greetings, entrepreneurs. Welcome to episode 13 of the Entrepreneur Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, C. Ruth Taylor, and this is a show where we give you the roadmap to win with books, beyond book sales, and dominate entrepreneurship. We want to make the Caribbean the home of independent publishing and show our people not just how to write and publish books, but how to leverage them to transform lives, to increase their income, and leave a legacy. We're continuing our Untold Stories Volume 1 book series feature. It's about the Caribbean Graduate School of Theology and its transformational impact. And today, our special guest is Stan Gehrig. He is the son of the founder of the Caribbean Graduate School of Theology, CJST, and the Jamaica Theological Seminary. But you know, we're focusing more on CJST. And he is going to be talking to us about his father, his father's legacy, his current role at CJST as the acting chairman of the board. And I tell you, he wrote a wonderful forward <laughs> for the book. I'm holding up the book. And when I read it, it had me in tears. And each time I go back to it, it is his forward that is now like my anthem and my um, reason to push forward with this series. So before we do the interview, we're going to hear a word from our sponsor, FrameArt Jamaica Limited. Come to FrameArt Jamaica Limited for your one-stop framing, graphic design, and printing needs. We frame photos, certificates, paintings, t-shirts, and so much more. You can also get high-quality prints and framing done in a quick turnaround time to fit your budget. Visit FrameArt Jamaica at 22C Old Hope Road, Kingston 5, weekdays 8.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Call us at 876-929-3058 or visit us at info at frameartjamaica.com. Serving you for over 30 years years. So Stan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's good to have you. So I believe I read that you were actually born in Jamaica. Is that so? Almost. Almost. Uh, okay. So you're not one of the children who was born while he was serving as a missionary 
here. So take us back to the, the memories of your dad uh, while he was doing, and your mom, while they were doing their work in Jamaica, those 43 years as missionaries. Since you brought up the, the children and people born in Jamaica, I just might add that uh, my older brother was born uh, while my dad was doing his thesis in seminary in New York. In fact, his professor called him uh, Stephen Thesis Gehrig because he knew my dad was consumed with that. They came to Jamaica and um, my sister, Laurel, she was born in Mandeville. And uh, I was born actually when they were back on furlough um, in Auburn, Indiana. And I was six months when I went back with them to Jamaica. Uh, it was a big decision on my part, but uh, I thought that was the wisest thing to do at that point. And then I grew up in Jamaica and did not officially leave until I graduated from Wilmer's High School, um, came back for college. So that's sort of the background with the children. Um, regarding uh, my parents and my father, um, I can tell you that he was somebody who was very calm. He was very uh, committed to the things he was called to do. He was also very caring um, with all the things that he was doing for the schools, as far as the children were concerned, we were aware that he was doing things and he'd come back and forth and we lived on campus and, um, but we had no idea what all he was doing. And we've had to learn since then, you know, since um, growing up and actually I've learned quite a bit more by having to go through his papers and his personal concerns after his death. And it's, uh, I'm just amazed at, um, what was accomplished but God did through my mom and dad, uh, very simple people, very uh, humble people coming from humble backgrounds. Um, regarding the, the introduction to the, the book, I just might say that that was a God thing, um, something he impressed on me to share um, in, in the context of my father's death. And so I was able to put it down on paper, but um, what is expressed there is just absolutely was the heart of their ministry to uh, small up themselves, but big up Jesus. And so in a sense, that's uh, my life mission as well. And I know that in starting JTS, the motto for the school was that I may know him, um, that I may proclaim him um, coming out of, out of the epistles. And that's also become a motto of my own life. And so there's, there's things that uh, naturally picked up from my parents just by having to live and have the wonderful opportunity to grow up in Jamaica which was a wonderful experience. Um, from my parents, we really learned a commitment to Jesus. I could get up early in the morning, you'd find my dad having devotions out on the veranda um, by himself personally. And then he insisted on family devotions regularly. And we were at church whenever the church was open, essentially. And we got to attend Grace Church primarily. That was down the road. And that was our home church. And has a very fond place in my heart. Um, so my mom also was, uh, very committed. Um, she was on the quieter side. She, uh, was the one who really landscaped the two schools campuses. Um, she was very much into plants and beauty and, uh, she enjoyed doing that and she did it very, very faithfully. And, um, as long as along with her teaching responsibilities at JTS. Um, I know there were several students that 
testify that they were terrified of her typing class. Um, and she could be quite a, a taskmaster. She has a, had attention to details. Um, I also learned from her about spiritual warfare. Um, in the context of being in Jamaica, uh, she was physically having trouble and it became to be revealed that it was, there was a spiritual origins behind that. Um, at one point, she could only stay in one air-conditioned room in our house, essentially, feeling like, um, what is she here for? Um, she's not the effective mother or, or wife um, or missionary. But through a series of events, uh, she became acquainted with spiritual warfare and was in contact with several people involved in that ministry. The end result was uh, she eventually was um, running the hills of Jamaica, hiking with us and doing all the things that we like to do. Um, and so uh, an attack specifically on the school, specifically for, towards her to impact my dad was real clear. Thankfully, God dealt with that. Um, so we had a great time growing up on campus. We had really good memories. I could tell you a lot of things, but. I'm, I'm, I'm here thinking, you said you, yes, you grew up in Jamaica and you went to Wilma's High School. So we can call you a Jamaican. Because <laughs> you, you grew up here. What was your fondest memory being in high school at Wilma's? Um, it was a very good school. Um, I don't know if there's a fondest memory, but uh, one of the things I can remember is first attending and being about waist high to the goalie for the Wilmers um, football team. And that particular year, my first year, they took all three cups, which was exciting. Um, and then I, I developed really good friends that I had all the way through high school and, and it was a good experience. Um, got to take the old levels and uh, did okay. You know, so uh, it, it was good. Okay, awesome. One of the things I appreciate because there has been so much focus on Dr. Zena's Gehrig is that you, you have um, spoken to us about your mom's role in it. And I made sure in the book, <laughs> um, in part one, it only takes a spark for those who are watching on YouTube. It's a picture of the couple. And I said, although Dr. Gehrig is the inspiration for this edition, and the one who got the national award, it was a couple's effort. <laughs> Without Mrs. Gehrig's contribution, he could not have achieved all that he did. Because, you know, beside every recognized man <laughs> is a woman, but she was not just there beside him. She was integral in the vision. She was actually on staff teaching. And I know they had the first school in their home. Um, at, with, with JTS. And so it was really a partnership. Yes. And we want to thank you for highlighting that we can really learn a lot from that. Any thoughts on that as it relates to husband and wife in ministry? What did you see or learn that could be helpful to other husband and wife doing ministry? Well, they certainly supported each other. Uh, one of the things that was unique, I think, to our home in one sense is that in talking to my siblings, uh, we never heard an, uh, a heated argument between the two. Now, I suspect things happened behind the door, doors, perhaps, but um, 
they really sought to honor one another and to serve together. And um, the different roles they had to play, they, they did it well. Um, but again, Jesus was, was the center and uh, they encouraged that in our own lives. My mother actually led me to the Lord when I was six years old, um, which was, uh, you know, I, I remember that obviously, but um, very key in, in raising the family together plus working together. It wasn't uncommon that around our kitchen table, we would have JTS materials scattered and be walking around collating things and stapling things and, uh, to help dad out. Um, one little fun memory is that when dad would have dignitaries over, um, he would have them out on the front veranda where it was cool. It would usually serve some kind of treat as well as um, some kind of pop, soda pop. And uh, that was pretty much the only time we could have that because if we served it, we got some. And so <laughs> that was part of uh, our ministry in the, in, the, uh, in the schools is to help dad and mom um, entertain. I like that. The, and we just want to say to our listeners that Mrs. Gehrig is very much alive. <laughs> Dr. Gehrig passed in 2011, but Mrs. Gehrig is very much alive. Now, we've been focusing on the first school, Jamaica Theological Seminary. So that was the undergraduate school. And then the Caribbean Graduate School of Theology is the graduate school. But now that you are in the seat of as acting chairman, uh, what prompted you to get involved in uh, or with CJSD? I don't want to ask a controversial question. Why not JTS? But <laughs> why did you choose CJSD? Uh, well, it was sort of chosen for me. Um, I might mention that my mom and dad were ready to retire and ready to leave the island. Um, circumstances came about that uh, CETA, Caribbean Evangelical Theological Association, wanted to start a graduate school somewhere in the in the Caribbean. And eventually they settled on uh, Jamaica and Kingston and asked my dad to be the coordinator for that project. So they were ready to retire, but they stayed on um, to start the school and he remained coordinator until they left um, in 97. Um, and so the schools went on from there uh, with different Caribbean leaders. My mom and dad's goal um, was to work themselves out of a job. They wanted to see qualified Caribbean take leaders take over from what uh, they were led to start. And they were successful at that and passed on the reins to others. Um, and so they moved back and they actually lived with us. Uh, my mom is living with us here in, in Michigan. I like to tease them, the weather's a lot the same, but um, they know better than that. Um, so uh, time went on and um, eventually uh, Dr. Noel East, who is the um, president emeritus and ambassador at large for CGST. He also is the uh, president of CETA. And by virtue of that, he is on the board, next officio member because he's the president by bylaws. And so he's been serving on the board as well, but he approached me with the possibility of serving on the board. And that was in uh, 2017. We prayed about it and uh, considered it and just felt led that this is something that we should do. Feeling in a sense, very underqualified to serve in that position. 
My level of education was a bachelor's of Christian education from Fort Wayne Bible College. Now also I'm trained as a respiratory therapist. I work in the medical field for my bread and butter at this point. Um, and so I've never been in graduate school. And to be asked to be on the board was, was a privilege, was an honor. I recognized it was probably had a lot to do with who I knew, not what I knew, um, but was willing to serve um, after praying about that. Then in 2019, the acting board chairman at that point wanted to step back and he asked if I'd be considered, or I would consider taking over that role. Again, that was a, a big prayer effort on our part to determine that this is what we really should do. Um, and eventually felt like God said, well, if they will accept you as the acting chairman, I want you to do it. And so um, in the meeting, they, they did choose to, to put me in that position. And so in a sense, it was chosen for me, not so much me going after it for sure. I do want to say that I'm, I'm very thankful to be able to serve with who I believe are giants in the evangelical community on the board. Um, we have very qualified people on the board and I'm just delighted to serve with them. Um, Dr. Nolis, by the way, was the president of both schools. He was asked to do both as well um, for about 20 years. And so he's very well experienced with both schools. And I'm also serving with uh, Dalvern Williams, who actually helped my dad start CGST way back at the beginning. So we have there's some roots that go way back and I appreciated serving with them as well as the others. By the way, I also want to say I'm very thankful. I'm going to say this as the, as the son of the founders. I'm very thankful for um, the leadership that God raised up to lead both schools. Um, the presidents and the staff, the faculty, those that served under them. Just very grateful for what came afterwards. And then I want to express that on behalf of my dad, as well as my mom. Uh, for those that have served for many years, it's not easy to run the school or to fill those shoes. Um, very thankful for that. Also very thankful for the students that have come. Labored hard. And uh, I graduated for CGST, over 700 students have graduated and now impacting the Caribbean and the world. And so for that, we're very grateful. I'm, I'm in awe of that. Um, and as I mentioned in uh, the recorded thing before the, uh, the book launch is that in a sense, it brings me to tears to think about what God can do um, with some very humble people that are just willing to serve and to follow through with that. Um, so we're very grateful and uh, specifically for CGST, Dr. Nolis, Dr. Newman, Dr. Keene, Dr. Corbin, now Dr. Carr are in the leadership position. We're very grateful for what they're doing. Amen. I love that. And you would have seen me trying to look down because I'm going back to the book because you are following in the footsteps of your dad in a way that I'm not sure you recognize. One of the things you wrote in the forward is that once they, once married, they sought to big up Jesus in the same way. Then you went on to say, my father's conversion to Christ his early home church ministry, his attending Bible college and seminary, his decisions to become a missionary, to go to Jamaica, to pastor, to attend Indiana University for a better education, to start two institutions of evangelical higher learning, to serve on numerous boards, 
to write multiple bylaws for multiple organizations to help start evangelical organizations were all done at the request and guidance of others. So it isn't a lot of self-promotion. It is people seeing potential and saying, here's an opportunity. And I really love that. And uh, the fact that we can also see succession planning. And uh, when you say that your dad tried to work himself out of a position, that is a golden nugget for leaders because if the leader doesn't have any successor, then they haven't really led well. And it is testament to the family legacy and to your dad being a transformational leader. Um, uh, personally, as a graduate of CJSD and even reading this, what I am impressed about and what continually comes home to me is the fact that your dad was unassuming. <laughs> Uh, so calm, not very articulate. I was speaking to another past student who knew him, but yet he did so much. And the message to me in that over and over, every time I'm struggling with feelings of inadequacy, I go back to say, people didn't think Dr. Gary could do so and so. I don't need to feel adequate. <laughs> I just need to be called. And if Dr. Gary did it, so can I? So I say about the same thing to you. You you feel you're on the board because um, of who you're associated with, <laughs> but you're there because God has called you to be there. And just like your father, I believe God is using you and will continue to use you to move the school forward as the acting chairman. What are you expected to do with regards to the school? Um, my role as the acting uh, board chairman is to facilitate the discussion, to organize the meetings, to call the meetings, and um, to try to keep us all going together. Um, uh, you can appreciate with a variety of people, including an international board, because we're not just located in Jamaica. By, by bylaws, we're supposed to be both uh, almost like a half and half Jamaican uh, board members as well as international board members to try to keep the Caribbean focus and worldwide focus. Um, you can imagine that with so many people and so many minds, there's, there can be disagreements and, and uh, deep discussions about certain things. And so that my job is to try to get us to the place where by God's grace, we're making his decisions um, in that regard. And by the way, I, I am the acting board chairman. My intent is to stay that way and to be like my dad to work myself out of a job. Um, so I see this as temporary. I really do believe with the way things happen that for such a time as this, I'm supposed to be in this position. Um, and so we will see how long I will be serving, um, but it's been an honor to do this and we continue to do it for as long as the Lord leads. All right, thank you so much, Stan. I wanna ask you a final question. Why should persons support CGST? Because this book, we wrote this book so that the vision can live on of raising up leaders who will impact church and society. And um, this was, your dad was asked to help with, you know, uh, setting up this organization. 
he did well, now you are a part of it. Why should persons support CJSD and this, this, this whole series that we've put on is for that? Why would you encourage persons to support CJSD and get this book, Untold Stories? I would start by saying that the purpose for JTS and CGST was to keep people within the Caribbean, serving in the Caribbean and not leaving, going elsewhere and getting trained and not coming back. And before JTS was started, I believe it was the only baccalaureate level accredited school to be started at that um, evangelical school that way. And CGST was also a leader in the first in the Caribbean to function in that way. And both were first accredited by, by the Jamaican government, two evangelical schools that were accredited. And so the intent was to train um, individuals very well in a way that's recognized within society, within the Caribbean context, and so that we would not lose qualified Caribbean people um, to the rest of the world. Um, we need well-trained uh, Caribbean leaders within the Caribbean. And so that's a fundamental reason to support both schools actually, um, as well as CGST. Regarding the support needed now, I just might add is that the truth is worldwide, there's a very critical time for all private um, religious institutions. It's a life and death time for many of those institutions because of the shrinking uh, believer base and students who may want to attend um, and just the financial challenges around the world. And so not only CGSC and JTS are being challenged with that reality, so are many other schools. And so schools are having to look at what do we do now? How do we transform? How do we go into the future and stay strong? And um, regarding CGSD, we're, we are shifting to a primarily online education, which is frankly the way most schools are going to survive and still be um, um, helpful into the future and be strong. So we're moving strongly in that direction. Another reason to support is that CGSD in particular, CGSD is, is a school that sort of stands alone. Uh, we're not associated with a denomination that provides students. Um, we're, we don't have an endowment to help provide funding. Um, and our, our income is only based on the uh, donors wishing to support the school, as well as the students that come and the fees that they have. Because we are not associated with any organization, government otherwise, that will fund the school. And so uh, schools that are vulnerable, CGSD is probably even more so because of the uniqueness of the school. And so for that reason, we invite anyone who's been associated with the school, knows the school, has been to the school. If you've ever had a heart to give back to the school, now is the time, um, especially financially. Um, we are in significant need at this point. And so we're looking to the Lord and looking to others. And we're very thankful for this outreach that the book is having to help raise the awareness as well as to raise potentially um, the financial assistance that currently is needed. Thank you so much, Stan, for telling us why we need to support CJSD and 
and even Jamaica Theological Seminary, but because volume one is about CJSD, let me close by again affirming that your dad's vision is very much alive. You said that the school was primarily set up the school so that we could have uh, leaders develop and serve and stay in the Caribbean. And God has a sense of humor, <laughs> you know, to stop the brain drain because some of our brightest minds <laughs> often go overseas. And I think God just set me up. So in a very personal way, I wanted to go to Oral Roberts University. Okay. I went to my pastor and told him my plans. <laughs> and he, being a graduate of JTS, redirected me and said, why not go to JTS? It is accredited. Mm -hmm. And the truth is that it has accredited programs. But, you know, colloquial just speaking, we say it is accredited. Mm -hmm. So I went to a meeting and then went to JTS. <laughs> And I stayed at JTS um, serving, eventually became the registrar and I never left, served faithfully, immediately started working there. After graduation, I was invited on staff. I didn't, I was invited on staff. I, I um, didn't apply for a position there. Then no, I was thinking of going to Yale because I was told that <laughs> I am academically <laughs> bright. So I graduated with um, first class honors from JTS. And then a graduate of CJSD, Dr. Black, who was the then president of JTS, mm -hmm. he said, why don't you consider going to CJSD? <laughs> and he said he would cover the, one, of, one of the courses. And then he said, I want you to go to CJC and I want you to do this particular program because I believe you can write. And I had no idea that I could write. And then at the end of my missionary journey, um, serving with Operation Mobilization, I was looking to leave Jamaica to go overseas again <laughs> to do my doctorate. And uh, I remember praying and the Lord said, don't migrate, live in the land, feed on truth, and I will sustain you. Wow. And so I have remained mm -hmm. in Jamaica and I have found that I am able to fulfill my calling and even still do some courses because my graduate school, uh, Baki Graduate University is in Seattle, but it was through CJST talking to Dr. Keene that I was able to apply to Baki. And so I'm saying the vision is alive and well. So from the Caribbean, we are serving the Caribbean and serving the world. And that is because your father had the vision and uh, we are developing our region and not everybody has to leave uh to find employment and to find their calling and to thrive so i am a trophy <laughs> i am an example of the vision at work and i just want to say thank you to you and your family your mom and your dad and wish you all the best and we will ensure that this vine of god's planting will endure thank you so much we sure appreciate that and that's testimony that warms my heart I'll share that with my mother. <laughs> so, Indeed. Uh,
exciting to see you being able to minister that way. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Wow. It was such an honor sharing with Stan Gehrig, the son of Zenas Gehrig, and hearing about his life in Jamaica, the work that his mom and dad did. And as I shared in the interview, you know, it was a couple's job, even though Dr. Gary was the one that the Jamaican government gave the national award, the order of distinction, because he, he, he took the lead role, but it was indeed a couple's effort. And uh, it was just my privilege to, to speak with the son of the founder of the school. I never imagined that that would have happened when I started CJSD. I wasn't even thinking of it so much when the idea to start the Untold Stories book series. And so I just want to encourage you, our listeners, to go to cjsd.edu.jm and check out CJSD. There are two main programs that are offered now. There was a time when there were about seven different um programs but as you heard stan saying that it is a critical time for theological institutions around the world and private institutions are struggling and so we've had to scale down so it's the master of arts in theological studies and the master's degree in counseling psychology so those are the two degrees that are offered there so this concludes our focus on the book untold stories volume one cjc and its transformational impact so you can go on amazon and get the book it's uh, 19.99 for the book i remember this is fundraising as well that's for the paperback book and the, the kindle book is $9.99. You can also go to CJSD's website and order the book. Now, we're not going to be doing a short read. <laughs> I read some stuff from the book during the interview. And we just want to thank you for listening and invite you to share this episode. And remember, write and publish your story so that others can be inspired and bring greater transformation to Caribbean society and the world at large. So take charge of your publishing, go pen it to win it and dominate entrepreneurship. This is Ruth Taylor saying, Tafa now, until next time. I'm Tamara Francis, educator and editor. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast with your network. If you'd like to increase your impact and income with books, visit authorpreneursecrets.com for more resources, including the books, Pen It to Win It, and Authorpreneur Secrets. Join the Authorpreneur Secrets Academy membership group for courses, coaching, and community support to write, publish, and win with books. Enrollment is in January and June each year. You may also sign up for one of Ruth's Publishing Made Easy courses or private coaching to write and publish your next book. Until next time, go pen it to win it.